we're back again. And I would like to briefly mention that I considered abandoning the he, but my wife listened to our podcast last week and uh, informed me that she liked the he. So we're keeping so you're so hoping she never says to get rid of me. Yeah, you never know. Hell, she might want to get rid of me. So <laughs> we'll see. Next time on the podcast, guys, we're going to replace Mitch with Libby. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking divorce is imminent. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we're here. We're talking about guilt. 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 Yeah. Guilt. Some shame Catholic shit going hardcore. Bringing the beads. What are those fucking things? They're not beads. The the whipping thing. Rosary. Rosary beads. Is that it? You mean the ones that you no, use? No, those with? are fucking. Those are prayer beads. No, the fucking whip. Where they the, the what is it? Da Vinci Code or some shit? Where the guy like beats the shit out of himself? Yeah, I. Ah, oh, interesting. It's a whip. Okay, I thought it was like some kind of special religious whip or some shit for penance or, or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, not my uh, forte, my expertise, but uh. Yeah, yeah, guilt. So, oh, guilt, it's uh, feeling bad, flagellant. feeling ch- what is it? Flagellant, flagellant. <laughs> All right, I, I could be pronouncing it fucking wrong. F L A G E L L A N T. All right, hold on, hold on, y'all. I gotta, I gotta look this shit up. I gotta know. Well, no, those are the practitioners. That's not oh, flagellant. That's what it's called, flagellant. Flatulent. Yeah. Talk about farts and shit. All right, we're getting fucking <laughs> sidetracked. The point is, no, this is our topic. We're talking uh, about Christian whips. Okay, look, we're gonna do a whole fucking recording <laughs> on Christian whips. Look, 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 look. Guilt. Everybody feels guilt. Everybody feels shitty, bad. It, it's it's a huge driving force for our behavior. So let's just jump into that shit. What do you? What have? What? What drives you? What? What have you felt guilty for? What do you? What's just took a shit inside uh, of your soul all right well as uh listeners may be long time listeners may know on my first recording here i did talk about a little bit about my guilt so apparently like two years ago i lived with mitch uh and i thought i was being like a great buddy to him and all that shit but after coming back to aruba i kind of like realized i was and afterwards it just kind of like ate inside of me like the feeling of you know i took advantage of this guy and you know if it just kept on building up and building up as i just think about specific instances where i could have been a better friend to him and it all kind of like culminated in the moment where you know mitch starts talking to me about getting married and you know he proposed to his current wife and said that i was invited and if I came, I could be one of his groomsmen, and I just, that's where it hit me the most. It was a soul-tearing moment for me, because what what made it hurt was the fact that despite all the wrongs I've done towards him and his family, like, you know, his wife, his his parents, that he would still want me to be there on his special day, being part of his wedding in a prominent role as one of his groomsmen, it just it just hurt. It just it was a moment where you just kind of like realize how truly, truly horrible you have been, and how and how you know good this man is. That that you know despite your errors, your mistakes, that he still wants you there, that he still well, forgives you in a way. I think it's important to fill in a little bit in case you have not listened to that. I'm pretty, to be, to be, uh, to clarify, I'm pretty sure that this was discussed the first time uh, we recorded together about, you know, this, this situation. Hmm, if it wasn't, so if it wasn't, sorry about that, but to fill in, let me fill in some blanks because they're like, wow, what has this guy done? He sounds like he fucking murdered my family or something uh, like that. Well, pretty much what all right so pretty much mitch offered the uh, offered for sorry offered to let me stay at his house for you know until i'm able to you know be on my own to uh, with the idea that i was going to try and go out and try to start up a life there uh, find a job 
get a girlfriend and eventually even offered to pay for me to pay uh, pay my rent if I just go out and find a place to, to stay at and got out of his house. And in all of that, I kind of just didn't do it. I was just being uh, a lazy turd, honestly. And he was still trying his best to keep helping me and he, and at every turn. Every time I fucked up, he would still be there trying to help me. And a lot of it did come at a great financial cost to himself. And not just that, but also this was during the period where he was feeling physically ill. He was about to get heart surgery and then afterwards he had a surgery. And for a lot of times he was in a weakened state and I just and I just kinda like didn't do much to help him. Like Yeah, I, I think just, the point the point well, of it was like to clarify, the point of it was you were coming over here to sort of make a life for yourself. I brought him over here a couple months before I had heart surgery to sort of get acclimated and stuff and to help me after I had the surgery because, you know, my wife's at work all the time. So, uh, you know, it was going to, it was supposed to sort of help me along because, you know, I had this fucked up heart condition. You can go back and listen. I'm sure I cover it on several of the episodes. And uh, yeah, I was in a pretty weakened, fucked up state, chest split open, you know, pretty bad shape. And he was sort of supposed to hang around and help and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Well, what he's saying is like he didn't do that much, you know, and it's like, like, don't get me wrong. If I ask him to do something, he he would, and uh, there wasn't there just wasn't that much for him to do. So it really the the pressing matter more was uh, less about him helping me because you know yeah, I sort of recovered the, to the a lack of progress. Right, uh, like I recovered, you know, to a reasonable degree, uh, fairly quickly, like to where I could more or less take care of myself, uh, and you know it wasn't that big of an ordeal. And then it more. Because, like like he's saying, you know, when I got back, uh, he was here for a couple months before I had the surgery. I got back. I had to go to Cleveland uh, to get that done. I was there for like a week and a half. I come back, and uh, he, I, I kind of gave him, you know, this deal where I'm like, hey, if you can go find a place to live, you know, like with a roommate or yourself or whatever, uh, I'll pay the rent, and you just find a job or do whatever, and you support everything else, but I'll pay the rent. I gave him a month, and uh, the reason he feels so shitty, or he, the, all this guilt that in sort of the crux of this, the essence of what we're talking about here, is that he he didn't. He just sat and fucked off, and you know pretty much what he's saying. And then eventually he went. He he didn't. It, it, nothing came of it essentially, and then he eventually went back to uh, Aruba, and you know he's been there ever since. And that sort of leads us back to what you're saying about guilt and this and that and the other. Yeah, uh, pretty much that. And to just add to it, sometimes it wasn't just was it wasn't just the the lack of progress in that in that spot, but also just the things that you don't do that you start thinking about as well. Like, sure, at that time period, there wasn't much I could do to help them, uh, but still, it just you feel like you could have, like in hindsight. You started looking back, and you just kind of feel like you could have done more, but you didn't do more. And when you were there, you thought you were doing the most. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's commonplace in general. I don't think that that's necessarily just guilt. I think that's a part of guilt. But that's, uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Do something, they give it their all, and they feel like, oh, I could have did this, I could have did that. You know. I mean, yeah, that's like I'm not saying this is exclusive to guilt, but I'm just at least uh, telling you how I felt it, like how yeah. it was for me. And so, yeah, it just like after the whole experience with him after oh, six, uh, five to six months and just having time to stew in, in it to just let everything sink in, you just kind of like realize, or at least I realize. I wasn't as good of a friend as I thought I was to him. And it just made me realize how much of a burden I really was to to him financially, to his wife, uh, you know, having to deal, you know, having to work harder to help her husband at the time, boy, you know, well, boyfriend, I guess, to help, you know, help him harder 
with his medical, getting his medical things uh, set up, and not only that, but also just taking her space because I did do that. Like, you know, the room I was staying at was her her little room, her little nook where she could play her computer games, and I took that from her. And you know, even just on your parents as well, you know, just being there every Sunday, just being on their mouth to feed and their responsibility and. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Richie's ever told you this to him personally, but looking back, I I wouldn't be surprised if he felt like this, if he purposely gave me like money every week, just so you wouldn't have to give me money. Like I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. No, of course. I mean, he he does that with Libby, and Libby has a great job. Like, fuck. Yeah, but, like that. He's yeah, like that. yeah, but Libby's kind of different. Libby is. Libby's your wife, and also at that time was was uh, your girlfriend, and could have been like, and is now your wife. So it's it's different there. No, I mean it's not it's not though because I mean, I'm not I'm not defending uh, you know your your lack of action or whatever. But I mean he really is that kind of guy. I mean he just he is he still to this day like he knows she has a good career, et cetera, et cetera, and he still fucking gives it to her. So I don't have to. I don't have to fucking. She has her own money. Either way, either way, you went back and you felt shitty about it, and that yep. sort of dri- that sort of drives a lot yeah. of what of how you react. So to sort of change gears, because that's sort of the yeah, that was a segue. Yeah, that's sort of the summation of your experience there, and oh. in, in my own, uh, and we talked about this prior to recording a little bit. I when I was single and dating around. You know, I, uh, you know, met a lot of women, dated around, and, you know, had a lot of different experiences, some good, some bad, some in between, et cetera. But there were many times, you know, especially, you know, in the age of Tinder and whatnot, uh, there's a lot of deception. And there were times that, you know, I'd match up with someone or I'd meet up with someone and they just weren't quite uh, who they made themselves out to be. And... You know, like, the, for instance, there was this one girl and, uh, uh, you know, on Tinder, she she looked, you know, whatever average weight, thin, what have you. I, you know, I met up with her. She was fucking huge. I'm going to be honest. She was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, she was very short, like 5'1", five, 5'2". Five, this fucking girl was, you know, I'm a, I'm like a 155, 160 pound guy. I mean, back then I was maybe, you know, 180 or so. But uh, this girl was probably the same size as me. For sure. Back when I was 180, 185, it's a big girl. And I just feel like it's fucked up and inappropriate to, to you know, maybe she didn't. Re- I mean, how can you not realize you're that fucking big? Let's be honest. You know, I don't, I don't want to be a fucking dick and just fat shame to death, but, you know, I'm being real. But either way, uh, you know, we tried to have a, we had a good conversation. I'm not going to just fucking dip. So, had a good conversation, whatever. Uh, you know, I figure I'm already here. Have a good discussion and, and, try to connect with this person but i knew that I, you know i just wasn't attracted to her so so, well, so uh, question real quick so was this the girl who then went to europe to visit her far who, who no 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 no. no this is oh. that was fucking forever ago uh though i i will touch on that that's actually interesting i'm glad you brought that up uh no this was uh, much later so this girl is just uh fucking you know, we, we have a good time, whatever, talking, but I just knew that I, I wasn't attracted to her. So uh, afterwards, you know, I just, I figure one day I shouldn't, I don't think you owe a fucking explanation after a day. I know I'm sort of sidetracking here and this is like, I don't, to be quite frank, I don't really feel fucking guilty about this. So I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but I'll finish the fucking anecdote nonetheless. Um, she, uh, I didn't, you know, she said some shit to me. I didn't say anything. Uh, I, you know, I left it at that. It's one day. I don't think I owe you anything. We we went out. We had a drink. Talked for a couple hours. And, then, you know, that's fucking it. I don't have to say, like, hey, it was lovely meeting you, but I don't fucking like you. You know, you, you're much bigger than you said you were. Or, you know, I didn't like your your attitude toward, you know, whatever. Whatever the fucking reason is. I don't really have to have one. And uh, so I didn't say anything. And after a couple of days, she <clears throat> texts me and is like, you know, uh, what the fuck? You know, what's, you know, where, where have you been? 
you know, what what's your fucking problem? Why aren't you uh, responding to it? You know, why aren't you, why haven't you hit me up? Why haven't you talked to me? And I didn't say anything. I ignored her. And then, of course, this just fucking provoked her ire further. And she just took a big shit on me and talked shit and whatever. I would say, I would say I feel guilty about how I handled that situation. But as I tell it, I don't feel guilty. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm kind of fucking flip-flopping here. I really don't, because I feel like in that instance, uh, I guess I'll do our contrast compare situation. In that instance, I don't feel guilty, because I feel like it was one fucking date, and that's it, you know? Like, I don't owe you shit. And if, it, if the shoe were on the other foot, and trust me, it has been, I went out with a girl, and, you know, I've been ghosted before, too. Whatever. Now, to shift fucking gears to a time perhaps where, you know, I did feel guilty. Here's another situation. So I'll, I'll parallel that situation. You know, at first I felt like kind of sh- like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm supposed to be talking about things that make me guilty. Wait a minute. This doesn't even make me feel bad. You know, I think that was a fair scenario. However, there was another scenario in which I did genuinely feel bad about the situation. So I'll go out with this other young lady very nice girl uh she's a middle school teacher you know pretty good personality kind of nerdy um easy to get along with it went well it was a good day everything was cool you know nice kiss at the end whatever all right we go our separate ways we go out again uh and you know i noticed the first time i met up with her you know it was a dimly lit bar second time I noticed she's kind of a chunk. And again, I know how this sounds. And admittedly, I'm quite shallow. I'm very fat phobic. I am. I'm going to just fucking be perfectly honest. If you listen to our podcast a while back about, I think it was maybe responsibility. I went the fuck in on fatties. And I'm just being real. I know that that is harsh, but my whole fucking family struggles with weight. I used to be overweight as well. Fuck that. There's just not an excuse, period. End of fucking discussion, you know? Even if you're 600 fucking pounds, you did something, a series of things to lead yourself down that road. Nonetheless, I digress. This girl, you know, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. So, mm, but that wasn't really what dissuaded me the most. What dissuaded me is throughout the day, um, it was evident, like her her uh, codependency issues and her, her clinginess sort of. But I, I sort of kind of just... Uh, played it down and just tried not to think much of it and it, because i did get along with her in many ways so she comes back to the house and she starts sort of turning the fucking heat up i'm kind of not really pushing anything she wanted to come back to the house i bring her back i'm not really pushing for anything but she sort of does so we end up having sex and uh you know she goes home the next day and i i never talked to her again i did a little bit but i lied <laughs> Uh, and I did feel, I do feel shitty about how I handled that situation because basically I just told her that, um, I, what the fuck did I tell her? I think, I think I told her that I, I worked on the road a lot, which is just so not true at all. (laughs) But I said, I work a lot and I'm on the road a lot and I can't, you know, I can't really commit to anything essentially. So I did respond to her. I just lied. And, and. It was such a difficult situation. I always feel bad about having handled the situation that way. I still don't have the right answer for it. Um, I later found out she's engaged, so that's great, and I'm really happy for her, and I wish her well. So that's that's lovely that it that it turned out uh, well for her. But I just felt shitty because I knew that you know once we had sex, like physically, there just the chemistry wasn't there. You know, I know whatever. Think you could think I'm a scumbag. That's fine. Fair enough. But it, you know, just wasn't there, and uh, you know, just not. What I'm a relatively thin guy. I'm not fucking. I'm no Adonis. I'm not super in shape, but I'm a slimmer guy, and it just I'm not comfortable being with a a, a big girl like that. You know, like one. Um, you know, she was big a lot. I mean, she hit it well. She dressed very well for her weight, and uh, she looked really good. She had a you know pretty girl and great personality. But this girl, again, was one of those situations where she was a fucking big girl, like 170, you know, that's a big, that's big as fuck, in my opinion. But, you know, that's just me. So, but more than that was just the, um, it was less about that. It was more about her uh, closeness and clinginess. And I was a very, um, 
walled off person back then. It was very emotionally dissonant and just very, very fucking uh, stoic, but not in any kind of heroic way. Just fucking I'm not letting anybody in these walls. So it was difficult for me and it was just too much vulnerability, too much and too, too much, too fast. And you, she was just over committing. So I sort of backed out and I, yeah, I just wasn't honest with her, but I was afraid that she just seemed very vulnerable and very, um, like she'd been hurt a lot. And I sort of ironically added to that, unfortunately, but I just was worried that she was in such a position, especially given, you know, the things that she told me she had an eating disorder and all this stuff. So I just, I felt so bad and I just didn't know how to, you know, walk away from that and, and like be honest with her and still not make her feel fucking terrible. Cause you know, you're talking to somebody who has a fucking eating disorder who was very anorexic at a very young age. And now she's pretty fucking big. You know, what do you say? Like, Hey, you're too fat. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? So, fuck, it was just such a conundrum. And I'm not saying I handled it the right way, but I, I did try. I tried to make it seem like she's great. And, I mean, there was a lot of things about her that were great, but I just wasn't physically into her. And, of course, like the, the personality stuff. But, uh, yeah, I always felt shitty about how I handled that situation. The first situation, I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I even brought it up. I don't feel bad about that at all. She was kind of a cunt. And, uh yeah, I actually saw her downtown a couple times and just, like, fucking avoided the shit out of her, like the plague. She just had a very entitled personality and just, yeah, did not appreciate her uh, approach. The other girl, though, very nice person, and I wish her the best. So, yeah, I have a lot of instances like that in the fucking dating realm of just mishandling shit. It's hard when emotions are involved. You don't... Uh, I like to think now much more direct and... and uh, willing to just be honest without but whilst still being uh, empathetic and, and sensitive to another person but you know unfortunately i don't have to fucking worry about it i'm married now i hope i don't ever have to worry about it but still it's a slippery fucking slope you know when you're single it's hard because you 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 know it's a numbers game and you're not the odds of finding that right one you know it's pretty fucking slim so you're gonna have to go through a lot of rejection yourself you're gonna have to reject a lot of people and, uh, you know, Mark, trust me, I've been on the other end many times and it's a difficult thing to do because you don't want to make someone feel like shit. You know, you don't want to destroy their fucking ego or something like that. So it's, it's hard to let someone down the right way, but I always did feel shitty about it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, when you're going, when you're experiencing guilt, you know, a lot of times you just end up being affected deeply by, like, your character kind of changes. You go through the manifestation change. Yeah, you know, I think obviously there's a lot more things someone can be guilty about. Like, if you've ever, like, killed someone by accident, like, the fucking guilt that you experience from that is tremendous. By the way, we have never killed anyone. Uh, Either by accident or purposely, so you know we're not yeah. talking from experience. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you gotta imagine, uh, like being one of those people who commits uh, vehicular manslaughter where they run over someone and they die. Like, like uh, not not to trudge up like maybe painful memories, but you know, like remember uh, Byron? Byron, yeah. I mean, you gotta think. Like, I think I did. I, I remember actually. Um, yeah. So Byron, he was a family friend of ours, and he was on a moped one day. Uh, he had a little moped. He was just sitting at a stop sign. You know, not he didn't do anything wrong. He was just sitting there waiting, and a truck uh, was barreling down the fucking road, down a slope, down this hill, and uh, there was a well. It 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 was fine. The the truck in front was, you know, didn't do anything wrong. But I guess the truck behind that truck was not paying attention and uh, slammed into the truck in front of it. And then that front truck, you know, it, it hit him. And, it, I mean, it killed him almost instantly. You know, he started bleeding internally. You know, it, it, it was devastating. You know, he was pretty much um, 
like a brother to me. You know, he, he lived with my family and my brother for, for years. And uh, you, that guy, I mean, he just felt obviously fucking gutted, mortified. He, he um, you know, I heard that guy struggled for a long time. He wasn't charged with anything. It really was an accident. Uh, but I, I don't I don't think he was. But just I can only imagine I can It's just difficult to even fathom fathom the uh, the hurt that that guy feels every day. I mean, it, you know, I'm sure that fucking guy wakes up in a cold sweat sometimes. I mean, I, I certainly would if it were me. And that's sort of what what this is about. You know, it's less about our little instances. You know, you you have your shit you feel guilty about. I have mine. You know, a lot of mine is relegated to. um the person I used to be. I like to think that I've righted uh, many of my wrongs and that if I have, I'll surely have future ones and I hope that I'll write those rather quickly. But it's something, it's fucking universal. We all feel, we all feel, we all fuck up, we all feel bad. And that's sort of like your, guilt is just sort of your, it's just this little meter inside of you, you know? It's what makes us human. It dictates, it sort of sails the fucking shit. It's, it's, it's the sails on your little fucking ship, you know, pointing you, pointing you in the right direction, you know? And when those motherfuckers are askew, it's just so devastating, and you see it. when you, you, the, the interactions I've had with, you know, people in my life close to me and who make certain decisions, you know, whether they be, uh, you know, going down this fucking rabbit hole of drugs and... and and all this and stealing and thieving and what have you or uh just running from their problems running from their problems or avoiding you know avoiding conflict in general the guilt will start to manifest and it's just this fucking snowball and it just barrels down 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 and it just gets worse and worse and worse and you know the reality of it is is that we're all faced with uh we're all faced with difficulties we're all faced with confrontations and the best thing to do is to just Rip the fucking band-aid off, right? Like going back to that girl, I should have just been honest. I should have just been honest. And it would have hurt her. She would have felt bad. And I would have felt bad about that. But the right thing to do wouldn't have been it was wrong to to avoid it and to just blow it off like, oh, you're great. And uh and you know. I was trying to spare her feelings, but in the end, what ended up happening is, is, is I was just one more asshole that, you know, in, in her mind, used her and threw her away. Now, that certainly wasn't my intent, and I'm sure the guys before me, it wasn't their intent as well. But that's how it came across, I'm sure, and, you know, I feel really shitty about that. But had I just confronted the problem head on and said, you know, hey, listen, you're a really good person. I just don't feel like we're compatible. Um you know, and I wish you the best and and I don't want you to feel bad about yourself, you know, but, you know, we just aren't really on the same wavelength and just handled it like a man. Um, that w- I would have felt much better about that, you know, now I'm glad that it all worked out for her, but it, it still doesn't justify my bullshit in the way that I acted, uh, you know, and that's just so vital, right? That's so vital. And that guilt. Guilt is the worst form of punishment. It is the worst. It's worse it than any any fucking life it's, prison yeah, sentence you'll ever. It get. Really, you know, guilt really is almost like a a a jail cell of your own making. Mm-hmm. It's one that it's one that you can't really get out of, and your prison sentence is just really more determined on how long you're going to be wrapped up by it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's inevitable that you experience it, but it's how you handle it. And, you know, running, sort of like the ins- the example I'm giving, uh, it, it only worsens it because all it does is it makes this girl who's had issues in the past, uh, it makes, it, it furthers her anxiety. It furthers her, her, her doubt and, and worry and her body image issues and this, that, and the other. It, it furthers all of that, and it just perpetuates my avoidance of confrontation. Now, again, that was years, you know, that was years ago. Certainly not the person I am now. I like to think, but still, like, 
it just it's a small example but it it truly is re, you know it truly is relevant right because as tiny as it may seem in the grand scheme of things all this shit sort of builds like a, almost like a lie in and of itself where it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and people go down these roads where they're so avoid used to avoiding confrontation like so many people i know but they just don't want to confront difficult situations and then you know they feel shitty they feel bad they feel bad about it because they just didn't do the right fucking thing i mean kind of talking about two different things here like confrontation and guilt but still they can add up you know, and, it, and it'll just sort of fucking mesh together in this shitty stew of fucking uh, cowardice and and guilt because they go hand in hand. You know, when you have something you need to confront and you need to, to bring honesty to the table and you don't, and you just let shit slide by, you just, it eats at you. It fucking eats at you like a disease, like a fucking affliction, a plague. You know, almost like goddamn leprosy. And every day that you don't, every day that you don't confront the fucking problem, every day that you don't tell the truth, every day that you just let that shit sit on the shelf, you're just adding to it. You're adding to that sentence that you're talking about, that fucking self imprisonment. You're you're adding to the sentence every single day that you leave that shit unchecked, essentially. Yeah, and it's, it truly is, because when you, like, at least in my situation, I kind of knew that the only way to kind of, like, fix my, to get rid of this guilt inside me, to just kind of, like, get rid of it was to was to essentially kind of show you that I, I have changed. It was to like redeem myself, to to you know change who I was and be much more of a active person in my daily life. You know, not physically active, but just responsibly active. You know, trying to be a much more responsible human being and and just getting things done and trying to grow and not only and just. And also just kind of like being more reliable, too, as a person. And to me, like, the ultimate test was when... Was to essentially reach your wing and reach it by my own means. Because, you know... Because I don't know what, what would have happened if I still hadn't... If I didn't have the money at that time. Like, I don't know if you would have still kind of, like, brought me over or not, but it really just felt like if I wanted to get rid of this guilt, if I wanted to uh, pretty much redeem my actions, the wrongs that I have done, was to be able to look in the face and say, hey, I'm here, and I, and I did it on my own, and I'm here to be to be part of your way and be a man, take responsibilities and just take care of myself in this, even though it's a short period, just try to not be as much of a buyer, a bother, a burden to you as I was the last time I was there. Yeah. You wanted to confront. I mean, that's, yep. that's it. Guilt is almost always the manifestation of cowardice and running. And so when you turn and face, that's how you solve it. I mean, it's the only fucking way you can't, and, and the thing is that you just can't outrun it. You can't. And people do it all the time. They do it all the fucking time. Like they're saddled with some kind of guilt or um, something of the sort. And they think, well, you know, I'll start over. I'll just fucking rebuild. I'll reinvent. And they don't actually face the issue. And then it just manifests further and further and further. And you just start fucking having goddamn nightmares every single night of your life. You know, you can't do it. You might as well just face it because and a lot of it is it, it boils down to this and sort of uh, tying into what I had, you know, the, the example of the girl uh, that I was speaking about. It, it's just nobody wants to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to be. A villain. <coughs> nobody wants to hurt another person. Really and truly, we all want to do. I've said this a thousand times. We all want 
to be good. We all want to do good things. Nobody wants to be bad. Now, unless you're like a fucking sociopath, whatever, exception, sure. But most of us in with insane mind want to be good. We want to do the right thing. And the difficulty of that, the conundrum of that is that sometimes the right thing is feels like the wrong thing. It feels wrong. It feels wrong. But it's not, right? To, to just be honest, because sometimes the right thing is, as we all have been told so many times in our lives, is the fucking hardest thing of all. It almost always is. You know, it's not easy. We all want to be good, but being good is not often not not the easy choice. The selfish choice is usually the easiest fucking choice, which is the wrong choice almost always. So it's that willingness to just say, you know what? I don't want to hurt this person, but I fucking I've got it because if I don't now, I'm going to hurt them worse later, like cheating, right? Because God knows I've been cheated on. Uh, I've fucking certainly an expert in the field of being cheated on, dear fucking Lord. But, but you know, I don't have to live with that. That girl, you know, my ex who I was with for fucking eight years, uh, you know, I was about to get married, had the whole thing fucking set up, spent thousands of dollars, and then a month before, it was at a fucking castle, a month before... Uh, you know, I find out she's cheating on me. And it wasn't the first time. Of course, it's my own stupidity for getting back with her in the first place. Nonetheless, that's guilt that she had to live with. And perhaps maybe still does to this day. I don't know. I don't know. But that's why it's so important to seek purity. That's my thought. You know, not to sound like some fucking nut job, zealous, religious fuck. But I think that purity truly is the essence of humanity. It's what we should all strive for, not for some bullshit biblical reason or for God or country or whatever, but for self, for the self, for your own soul. Yeah. And, you know, and because you yourself, you're your own God. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that guilt that you feel, and, you know, you feel it towards yourself. Like, you know, you are the one who is essentially punishing you. Like yeah. as you know, like like a god, like like in the biblical sense, like how a god would punish you for your sins, and you know it's your it's your own punishment. It's like you wrap yourself in this mindset, and yeah, I don't know what's where your ex is right now, or what's what has become of her, but you know, someone in her position, you know, like, and I can just talk about. Uh, the experiences that I've seen in the, your prior breakups with her before the break one. Like, every time that you guys got together, it was always... You always kind of like depicted that when you saw her again, she was always, like, in, like, in just her shit. And, like, you told me one time, you know, you tried to uh, got get back to her and you just kind of like found her at her friend's place, just constantly getting drunk off her ass. You know? Yeah, I mean, she, you know, you could tell that her decisions weighed on her. Now, yeah. you know, I th- ultimately it's for the best. I'm, I'm glad that things obviously are the way they are, but uh, her handling of it very clearly took an emotional toll on her. And it's all because she was unwilling to confront. You know, the reality of it was, and certainly I'm, I'm not blameless, the reality of it was simple. It was that, we just weren't for each other. We were just weren't compatible in many, many ways. And I was too chicken shit to confront that, you know. And so I didn't want to have to be the one to say it. And I was complacent. And, uh, you know, she was unhappy as well. And she didn't want to say it, except she just decided to fuck other people. And I didn't. <clears throat> and that guilt <laughs> inevitably fucking it weighed on her. You know, rather than just have the difficult conversation, which both of us should have had that both of us, I should have just nutted up and just did it myself of, hey, this isn't fucking working. Uh, we just got to go our separate ways. We're, we're, we're young. Uh, I just want to live. I want to make mistakes. I want to meet other people. I just I just want to live my life, you know, fuck and uh, go out there and, and see what happens. So. But instead, she chose. The, the choice she chose and and that just gnawed at her it ate at her like a fucking ulcer and yeah she just drank all the fucking time and and just became 
emaciated and just, you know, just broke the fuck down as a person. I mean, it's it's really sad. And I mean, I'm not, I didn't revel in that. I don't have to because, again, guilt is its own punishment. It's its own form of punishment. It's the worst punishment. Yes, it's literally poison. It is. It's it's fucking poison, and that's poison in, in her blood. So the best thing to do again is to, it's to seek purity. And when you have a problem now, if I have a problem, if I have an issue, which I almost never do, with my wife, I'm just gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her, you know. And and I would really hope she'd do the same, and I believe she would. It's just about communication. It's to just be forward and honest. So, you know, you when you let those things build. It is like poison, and it just begins. It's it's slow at first. It's insidious, and then it just fucking permeates every vein in your body. And at a certain point, you are the epitome. You are the essence of that. You are the the fucking incarnation of poison itself. And this is where you meet people who are at their bottom. These pessimistic, complete fucking nihilist. Uh, people who have just given up on life they've just stopped trying to live and they only they supplement not even supplement replace entirely happiness with you know drugs alcohol fucking food addictions game addictions, sex addictions whatever you know some kind of addiction to some thing because they refuse to confront a a, a demon a, a problem this fucking to purge the poison and i don't know i just i'd never want to live that way again and you know i i don't think i have the most extreme examples of it of of what that feels like but i don't want to know i don't i don't i want to be pure fucking frank off it's always sunny <laughs> you remember that episode yeah it fucking bathes in what? motherfucking germex Oh my god, that fucking episode! Isn't that the one where the gang's sick? Yeah, or something? it's uh, it's uh, the gang gets quarantined. Oh my god, and they really just they're fucking going through alcohol withdrawals. That's the great. That's yeah. one of my favorite episodes. That gotta be pure. <laughs> pure. It's fucking <laughs> disgusting. That's me, dude. I, I mean, fuck. I any ep- any episode with Frank Reynolds oh, is Frank's, also a good one. Frank's a fucking legit motherfucker. He's an OG. Mm-hmm. Him and Charlie are my favorite. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's me. That's my goal in life. Those are my life goals. Frank rolling around in fucking sanitizer solution is that's what I aspire. But not on a literal level so much, but on a, uh, you know, on a more uh, a metaphorical plane uh, than anything. I don't want to fucking literally be that guy. Though I, I, my ha- I use fucking germ, Germex and soap so much that my hands are like constantly flaking skin. <laughs> Because I just wash them so much, uh, and the alcohol and the and the shit just dries them out. But anyway, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a terrifying life. It's a, it's a fucking it's a scary thought to go to live that life where you're just running and and you think you can outrun it. You're never gonna outrun it. You can fucking go to the moon. You can go to fucking Mars. You'll you just can't outrun your guilt. It's saddled with you forever. You know, and that's why people fall to drugs. That's why people turn to all these things you know and you yourself you know have experienced that you know in the past with food and games and stuff where you just felt so shitty about the way you were living your life not just that one instance that you were you know you're talking about coming over here but you know the the years prior to that in your lifestyle yeah you know know, the that lifestyle does although it's more regrets than than really guilt because you just kind of like end up just regretting most of those choices i mean i guess they're i guess they're similar enough because i mean you're not gonna feel guilt without regret nor regret without some sort of guilt mm-hmm. but yes you know i do even that shit is something that i feel bad about because sometimes you know sometimes i'll stop i'll stop and just kind of think about where i am right now in life and where i want to be and and, you know, I ask myself a very serious question. You know, have I just fucked up too badly? And am I, like, beyond fixing it? Or at least, or at the very least, am I beyond fixing it to where I want it to be, how I want it to be? 
But see, that's the thing. I, I think that's such a common crossroads that people face, you know, where they're, they're questioned like they know where they want to be. They want to be good. They want to do right. They want to be pure, so to speak. They want to be better, but they qu- they feel like they've gone so far down the the down that spiral of of fucking shame and, and guilt of, you know, can I come back? And if I try, will it be worth it? But the fact of it is, it's like, why not go down swinging? Why not try? Even even if you never get quite back to where, you know, you want to be or you feel you should be, why continue doing what you're doing if you're miserable, if you're unhappy, if that fucking guilt eats and picks at you every day? Why would you not want to at least work toward a better life? You know, it's it's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. But I feel like that's... If if there's ever a sacrifice worth making, that's that's it. That's the one. Yeah. I guess because in those situations, people people who find themselves in that situation, they know that they may not be in the best position. They they like for me, at least. Coming back to Aruba, I genuinely believed that I had fucked up my my last best chance to ever live in, in North Carolina. That that was it. That was my one chance and I blew it and that that option is gone forever. And at that moment I just kinda like thought, well shit. And you know I fucked up badly. I there is no fixing it. There there is no coming back to that. So I just started looking into other possible venues into just kinda of like doing a different thing. So I think a lot of times people in that situation they they feel like they fucked up, you know, too badly and they feel like they can't fix it. So they So, you know, they try to look at other options. They try to find the next best thing or something that they're probably more okay with. That even yeah. if it's not what they want, it's at least better than what they have. And they just don't really see they don't see like a near opportunity. They don't see trying one more time and going down swinging. Well, it's, you know, I've said it so many times. It's just, it's easier. It's easier in action. It's always a question of Life coming down to action versus inaction. Simple as that. Most, a lot of people choose inaction. And it's pretty easy to to figure out why. It requires no movement. It requires no effort. It requires no change. Often, though, as you you could fucking imagine, inaction is almost always the wrong answer. You know, whether it be physically, where you just sit on your ass and get fat all day. uh, Yeah it probably is going to yield pretty poor results versus action. It's a better option. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be more physically fit. You're going to feel better mentally, physically, but it requires action, requires work. And that's anything in life. doesn't matter what the fuck it is. Like that girl, I, you know, it would have required more effort, more thought, more of a piece of myself, more of my time, more of my energy and effort would have had to have been sacrificed to do the right thing. But that that's that's harder than the option. I chose the path of fucking least resistance, which was the shittiest path. But it's the easiest path. <laughs> so that's I think that's why. It's why. People don't like to feel uncomfortable. People don't like to feel bad or shitty or uncomfortable. But uh, the the irony of it is, is when you spend your whole life avoiding problems, avoiding confrontation, and trying... And I can tell you, my ex was was the fucking expert in this. She so badly hated being disliked. She couldn't stand to be disliked. She couldn't stand to be the bad guy. That her inaction is ultimately what led her to being the bad guy. Her inability to just cut the cord and just be straight with me and be like, hey, we shouldn't fucking be together, right? And mine as well, led her down this path where she just made shitty decisions. Rather than saying, you know... I just need to end it. I'm, this is not who I want to be with. And me doing the same, uh, she ended up fucking around. You know, and even if she never cheated, but we would have went on to be both just fucking not, you know, neither one of us would have ever been happy. 
if both would have just been fucking miserable and, and it would have just been a, a, a loveless situation as I would imagine many people are in. Uh, so, you know, just confront those fucking problems head on. Just don't shy away. Cause I promise you, like when you procrastinate and you just let it build and build and build and fester like a disgusting fucking wound, it's going to pop and ooze and it's just going to be way worse. Just nip in the fucking bud, fix it now. Because when you try to fix it later, I promise it's only going to get fucking worse. It's always better to just hit fucking charge right into battle and be like, fuck it. Let's do it now. You know, I've, I've learned from my mistakes. I learned the error of my fucking ways. I don't live like that anymore. You know, I speak my fucking peace, say what's on my mind. And, you know, if I have an issue, I'm going to fairly and rationally confront it right then and there. I'm not waiting. I'm not fucking waiting because, you know, I've I've seen too much. I've experienced too much to see what happens when you do. It ain't good. Yep. All right. All right. Anything else? Any last words? Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I would just like to say, uh, thank you, Mitch, for your service here with uh, Laura Lipas. But uh, next week we're gonna go in a different direction, and we're gonna bring in <laughs> firing Libby. me for my own podcast. <laughs> get the yeah. fuck out. Who are <laughs> yeah, your yeah. wife? Dude, that's I don't don't lie to me. Is it affirmative action? Is it because she's a black woman? Is that why? Uh. Look, it's company policy oh, that we do not God. discriminate against any one of any race or gender or sexual orientation. But we are trying to push this. We are trying to be much more diverse and reflect current uh, social, political landscape of America. Okay, so it's because I'm a white fucking guy. You could have just said that. Fuck off. You spent like two <laughs> minutes on that. All right. I might be on here next week, you guys. If I'm not, the, you know what the fuck happened. Yeah. Fuck Ridiculous. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. See. we'll see. I might see. I might not. Yep. And uh, just so you know, we do have security on the premises ready to escort you out. You mean of my house? What? My dog and my fucking <laughs> alarm system? Yeah, let me get a the fuck outside and uh, the dogs nip at my fucking five pound dogs nip at my get the fuck out. Yeah, pretty much. They're gonna so, so let me get gonna throw me off. I'm gonna try to come in. The alarm's gonna go off. Then the alarm company's gonna call me, sir. Someone's breaking into your house, but yeah, it's me. I open the fucking door. Yeah, pretty much. And uh... I would redo my fucking security then. <laughs> And also, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Diva and Seb, they're going to be escorting you to your new residency, which is uh, the shed in the back of your new shed. All right. Well, fuck it. I'll start my own new po- I'll start my own other podcast from the shed. I'm going to call it <laughs> Thoughts from the Shed. <laughs> so, yeah. If y'all yeah. can't find me on here, you know where I'm at. I'm in the fucking shed. Talk- yep. Yeah. One way or the other, whether it's here or the shed, I'll hit y'all up. Yeah, pretty much. All right. See y'all next time. All right. See y'all.